0: Hey everyone, it's your faithful Dungeon Master here with a couple of announcements. The first and most exciting of these is that your DM, that's right, me, is going to be reading and producing a real-life Honest to Goddess audiobook. I can't tell you which one yet, I'm waiting for the author to make the announcement, but I can tell you he's a great independent fantasy author from up in Sandpoint, Idaho, And I'm having a lot of fun doing this reading. You're going to hear me doing a long cast of signature Dungeon Mastery voices, so stay tuned for that. The second announcement is that, due to picking up this additional project, gotta pay the bills, am I right? Quarantine Quest will be releasing episodes bi-weekly, rather than weekly, uh, through the middle of August or so. So you'll still be getting your dose of sweet, sweet adventure, just be a little longer in between. So thanks for sticking with us. Uh, This episode begins one of my favorite play sessions so far, uh, which is split between this episode and episode seven because it was so long and so cool. Stuff really starts to pop off, as they say. Uh, So please enjoy episode six. There's something in your eye. Last time on Quarantine Quest, our party finds their way to the Rat's Nest, a sprawling network of catacombs and markets in the slums of Sharn, Lord Nero cuts a deal with Raktak the Goblin. Kalida gets yelled at after intimidating a bunch of angry poor people. When the party arrives at the E-213 Valve Cluster, the adventure quickly comes to blows as the Lord of Blades sends his regards. And a demand for the map to the Forgotten Forge. After fighting their way out of a hairy situation, the party decides to take a rest. But what will they awake to find? You, Ximena, are the first to awake. Um... You awake to the sound of your brother's aforementioned cannon snoring.
1: I'm, I'm waking his ass up. I don't like his snoring. I don't like the fact that he decides he needs to actually
2: sleep, even.
0: And so you, you kneel down and you kind of shake him a little bit, uh, pry open his eyelid, and inside his eyelid is just solid black.
1: I am waking up my sister, too.
0: So you go to interrupt your sister's meditation, um, and she likewise does not awake. You go to pry open her eye as well, and it is also solid black.
1: Who who, who are you? What are, what are you doing to my my family?
0: They don't reply. They simply slowly move towards you, letting out these dark whispers.
3: Who goes there?
0: the figure takes a five-foot step back and doesn't reply.
2: Your casts Maximilian's Earth and Grasp.
0: Fucking Earth Bend. Like, you're like, nope, nope,
2: fucking done with this shit. <laughs> it's just one of those moments like, okay, no, 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 no. Y-
1: you went through this, what's going on?
4: There is very little strength left in her. Fuck. You begin to fall to the
0: ground unconscious. I don't think this is a fight you can handle. Maybe consider running the other way.
2: Nero starts crushing the guy.
0: Why don't you just walk over to your friend and tell him that you've lost? You can hear the beeping in your head of your patron screaming at you not to. There's that part of your brain that says, why would I do that? I don't want to hurt you.
3: I'm going to stand up, pick up my axe...
0: 15 damage. Um. Fucking mad. And then you hear the voice of Arcturus once again, this time with more than a tinge of panic. Hurry! All this and more coming up next.
5: This is Quarantine Quest. The city of Towers, like most places in Everon, is home to a number of dragon-marked enclaves. Facilities that represent and house those Dragonmarked with interests in the city. While all of the Dragonmarked houses have a presence in Sharn, three of the houses hold particular sway House Kanith, House Kundarak, and House Lirundar. Following the destruction of Sire, House Kanith split into three factions. Sharn is home to the Southern faction, led by Merrick de Kanith. Caneth engineers and architects helped build the city, and it was Caneth artificers who developed the flying buttresses that allow for the construction of its enormous towers. Sharn is also one of the greatest centers of trade and commerce in Corvair, and it is small wonder that House Kundarak, the House of Warding, would have a strong presence in the city. Aside from the vast amount of gold that flows through the Khundarak Bank each day, the house owns magically secured warehouses and sells magic and mundane locks, alarms, and traps to the many wealthy and powerful inhabitants of the city. And House Lirindar, though they are the smallest of the major enclaves, have a powerful and influential presence. Lirindar Tower is one of the tallest towers in all of Sharm and serves as the singular hub of airship travel to and from the city. For this reason, it was through House Lirondar alone that Sharn became known as the gateway to Zendrik. Veins of endless intrigue and subterfuge run deep to the heart of Sharn, and the dragon-marked houses are no exception. Much like the cities and kingdoms they serve, they engage in games of influence and delicately balanced power. With each one harboring their own carefully nurtured secrets and motivations, it is only a matter of time before the gears of their machinations begin to turn.
4: go ahead and slowly pull up the dungeon music here
2: I hear water (laughs) (laughs) what for some reason the water sound effect sounds like somebody's taking a piss against the wall (laughs)
0: Yes, uh, as as you guys prepare for the next step of the mission, <laughs> uh, Arcturus is taking a piss against the wall. Uh, roll a, roll yes. a perception check to see if you can gauge how fat his stream is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we should move on. I have a noble stream. All right.
1: How is he? <laughs> How what? I seriously don't want to hear about this. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what
3: color is it?
4: The kind of color that I have been told requires a healer.
3: <laughs> He's got a really bad UTR.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this uh, Beautiful experience. We definitely weren't just talking about pee. It is I, your, your dungeon master. Your, welcome back to Dungeon Daddy's Tavern of Delights. It's still probably a more pleasant and less creepy place than... Well, what the fuck was it? It was like Madam Mungo's Magical Market or some bullshit like that?
1: Magical Mumbo Jumbo.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I need write this down um before before we enter the sewer we're gonna start with Jimena. you have a bunch of people coming over like you just found out fucking yesterday you have people coming over for a dinner party what do you cook do you cook
1: no i probably just make like snacks but of course we have servants for that so you know i don't necessarily have to cook it myself anyway
0: how about uh how about Torbjorn? What does what does Torbjorn cook?
3: Uh Torbjorn uh lights up the barbecue like a good old dad. Probably go, you know, if he didn't have any meat or anything, go butcher something and just have a huge like roast or like barbecue kind of situation.
0: I love it. Uh, fucking shrimp on the barbie except by shrimp i mean like an entire fucking side of beef and by barbie i mean an entire fucking forge pit Uh, yeah how about uh lord nero how does what does lord nero cook
2: most likely starting with like a salad just like a harvest chicken salad with emulsified balsamic vinaigrette with (laughs) maple syrup instead of olive oil damn son (laughs)
1: Um, you and- totally stole that from our wedding food, honey.
2: I did. I it love it. Lovely.
0: Uh, if you guys remember correctly, last time uh, you guys found yourselves in the uh, the the ruins of ancient Dorasharn. Well, I guess you haven't gotten to the ruins of ancient Dorasharn yet. You've found yourself in the sewer systems of the city of Sharn. You all got the mysterious missive, ended up at the Broken Anvil Tavern. You met the Lady Eladrin, Decaneth, who told you that uh, Bono Geldam had been doing some research on her and her house's behalf, uh, trying to find parts of an ancient schema, which is basically a a graphic spell-casting puzzle uh, that, when all the pieces are connected, uh, show the pattern to create great magics. This is one that she said was lost uh, before the last war. Uh, really, really ancient part of her family. You then, on her behalf, went down into these sewers, uh, having found your way with the help of a uh, less-than-happy goblin merchant. You guys almost got yourselves beat up by a bunch of... Uh, by a bunch of pores. Gross. Gross. And uh, you... <laughs> God, I... Just, like, I just... Part of I, I was like, hmm, I you know I gotta create an element in this game that you know is unique and pushes us out of our comfort zone. Like, you know, what's gonna make me like really have to try hard to be serious about? And I'm like, rich people, like caring about rich people. <laughs> that's something that's gonna be We're difficult.
3: Hard, and it's been hard to get into that he- that mindset. And,
0: and that's that's part of why I picked it. I'm just like, you know, that's it's it's something like all of us as lower working class, pores don't usually think about. Um, I'm not going to say that anybody listening should go listen to Aerosmith's Eat the Rich, uh, but it's a very short summation of my political philosophy. Um, So this is a difficult game, but after almost getting yourself beat to death by a bunch of pores, uh, you guys descended into these sewers. Um, One of the first things that happened after you Walked for seeming hours down a number of dark passageways, was you were almost immediately set upon by a warforged, a servant of the enigmatic Lord of Blades, a warforged leader uh, who resides deep in the Mournlands. Uh, he demanded the journal, and you find out after effectively subduing him and uh, interrogating him a little bit. You discovered that uh, they are after the same schema you are. Uh, apparently, he quotes, it belongs by rights to the Warforged, because, you know, House Caneth owes them something, basically. House Caneth created them to throw, like, chaff into the fires of the, the last war, and so they are they're claiming this, uh, this schema as reparations, it seems. So, um, with a little bit of mixed feelings about, you know, whether the Warforged is man or machine, and whether you just killed... A man or machine and sent him, you know, plummeting down a, a sewer shaft, um, you all decide to take a full rest, uh, so gain um, your, uh, gain a number of hit points back, uh, equal to your maximum hit die, uh, plus your con modifier, um, and go ahead and regain castings of your spells and such.
3: I'm back, baby!
0: Back, baby! So, in alternating shifts, very uneasily, uh, the, the smell, the environment, everything makes it kind of difficult, but you guys manage a full rest, um, while you are resting, I want each of you to make a perception check.
2: Ooh, um, a
3: total of a five? High roller.
0: Eleven. Twenty-two. So, uh, funnily enough, you... Himena are the first to awake. Um, you awake to the sound of your brother's aforementioned cannon snoring. As 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 we talked about, he demands to get sleep, uh, despite the fact that he is not in fact a breathing human being, um, and snores very loudly. Uh, you awake to the sound of your brother's snoring, which would be par for the course if your brother hadn't been the one on watch when you fell asleep. Roll another perception check. My
1: passive perception is a 13. Does that get better?
0: Uh, You don't see anything amiss. You're not sure why he fell asleep. Um, But, you know, realizing that I guess he decided this fucking shitty ass time was a good time to sleep. I guess would you wake him up or would you just, you know, yawn, say fuck it and take watch yourself? Elves only need about three hours anyway of uninterrupted meditation.
1: I'm, I'm waking his ass up. I don't like his snoring. I don't like the fact that he decides he needs to actually sleep, even.
0: Let's go ahead and make a Knowledge Arcana check. Nat 20. You can tell as soon as you try to wake him up, he has been magically put to sleep.
1: Is that possible since he's an elf?
0: To all intents and purposes, he appears to be put under magical sleep. Um, and much like you just did in real life you are very skeptical um, because you're like I, I, no he can't be put to sleep on top of that he's undead like he, he shouldn't be sleeping in the first place and so you, you kneel down and you kind of shake him a little bit uh, pry open his eyelid and inside his eyelid is just solid black what do you do
1: I am waking up my sister, too.
0: So you go to interrupt your sister's meditation, um, and she likewise does not awake. You go to pry open her eye as well, and it is also solid black. Go ahead and roll a reflex save. Fourteen. You manage to... uh, Like, you know, you kind of jump back a little bit at the fact that her eyes are black anyway. And then you jump back a little bit further and flatten yourself against the wall just in time to dodge a black mist that shoots out of her eye towards you. Um, It takes the form of a hand and then kind of dissipates. And then in a single burst... The blackness comes out of both Kalida and Arcturus' eyes. They both let out a low howl, and two shadowy, ghost-like figures stand directly in front of them. What do you do?
1: Who who, who are you? What are, what are you doing to my my family?
0: They don't reply. They simply slowly move towards you, letting out these dark whispers. I and your sister and Arcturus both just kind of collapse sideways onto where they were after these shadows exit them. Uh, they're kind of standing like their their feet are where Arcturus and Kalida's bodies are, so they're ethereal.
1: Uh, well, I'm going to summon my packed weapon rapier. That way I have at least something to protect myself. And then I'm also going to shout, uh, good guys, guys, uh, something's happening.
0: All right, so you are going to go first in the initiative order. The other two of you go ahead and roll initiative and see where you fall. Or. How about you, Chuck?
2: 16!
0: Alright, Ximena, you go first. Let's just swing that packed blade. Okay, go ahead.
1: 13 to hit.
0: 13 to hit. You do hit. So go ahead and roll for damage.
1: Five.
0: Five, okay. Uh, so you do five damage to this thing. You, you see, like, fire kind of come off the edge of your weapon. Um, and it almost looks like it burned, like, a little bit of ember into the body of this strange, dusty shadow. Um, so it kind of falls back.
4: Uh,
0: after that, it is Torbjorn's turn. Torbjorn, uh, you wake up. Uh, I guess put your character where you would have been sleeping. I doubt you were sleeping in the middle of the water. Um, and Arcturus and Kalida kind of had the stairwell, so uh, you and Orin both go ahead and put yourselves where you would have been sleeping. So the one that you just slashed at, Ximena, is going to uh, make a lunge for you. <laughs> no, unless a seven hits you. No. Okay. Thankfully. Uh, So it lunges at you with one of its strange black misty hands, and uh, you manage to just kind of do the classic. It's like that scene where, you know, you're on the ground and rolling side to side as someone tries to stab you with a sword, uh, except you're standing up against a wall, and it's trying to touch you with its weird creepy mist hand. Uh, So you just kind of, like, roll to the side a little bit and dodge it, uh, readying your blade for the next bow. Uh, The second one is also going to go ahead and make an attack roll. That one is a 14.
1: Yep, that'll hit.
0: Okay. That is nine damage. Rude. Um Yeah, it reaches, and its hand just plunges directly into your chest. Um, and you hear it just kind of... Oh. And as it speaks, uh, your vision goes blurry a little bit, and you feel yourself kind of go weak at the knees before you hear a a small beep in your head and uh, regain your strength as your patron speaks to you, Uh, but not before you lose one point of strength damage. So reduce your strength score by one. Torbjorn. Or no, um oh, we totally skipped over Torbjorn's turn. I was like, where are you all sleeping? And you guys were like, here. And I was like, cool, it's the Shadow's turn now. Uh, Torbjorn, go ahead and take your turn. Uh, And go ahead and take one extra action on your turn, uh, whether that be a move or an attack, because I'm trying to punish myself for forgetting these things. Um, So you guys kicking (laughs) everything I throw at you ass until I remember that your turn exists is probably a good way to do it. Uh, So go ahead and take one extra action.
3: Um, am I prone still? Am I still laying down, or do uh, yeah, you you were you were laying up. down. I stand up. Um, and they're over by the stairs and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you look at where Hema and Arcturus are, just go ahead and essentially use them as the pawns. Uh, for the shadows. The shadows are standing directly over their unconscious corpses. So you round the top of the stairwell, look up through the doorway there, and see exactly what I described to you. Um, There's this weird shadowy black figure uh, hanging like a ghost over the seemingly lifeless, or at least unconscious body of Kalita, lying in the stairwell.
3: Uh, Alright, I'm gonna take my uh, like, I'm gonna move closer to them and I'm gonna, um take my my magical crate axe and uh, swing at the one I'm closest to over Ximena. Ooh, nat 20!
0: Oh, shit! How much damage? 12. 12 damage. Hell yes. Um, so you reach out and you drive your... Um, and that was with the critical hit? Yes, Okay. All right. So you you drive your blade towards this thing. Uh, you your, your blade swings through it, and for the second time today, you hear your axe kind of like, ching, against rock, and you wince a little bit. Um, but it is appearing to have trouble reforming its torso back together uh, from where your axe plowed through it. Uh, it is starting to kind of reform where its ribs would be, uh, but there's still a gigantic tear in between uh, the center
2: of its body. After that comes Lord Nero. Assuming that Nero was just woken up by Humana screaming and then hearing oh, there'd probably be a ah! and then you hear a loud and he would disappear.
0: Oh damn! Okay,
2: casting Misty Step and falling face first in this water.
0: Okay, alrighty. Uh, so it cycles back to Himena. Himena, what do you do?
2: That is a bonus action. Oh shit! Okay. And I'm uh, I'm just gonna say Nero's prone. Yeah. Torbjorn! Right there's there's uh.
0: And Torbjorn is standing directly in front of you already swinging I know, you back yeah. as you <laughs> look up.
2: There, there, there's a, uh, a black thing! What is it? And then she'll just kinda like point at it, like, just nervously casting True Strike.
0: Okay. Uh, it is now your turn. What do you do?
1: Uh, the first thing I'm gonna do is, uh, do something I should have done before, now realizing this, uh, and enact one of my fancy invocations casting Mage Armor on myself.
4: Double
0: ooh okay. So after I am a little
1: harder to hit.
0: Yes, after that I guess. Come the shadows, uh, the one is going to uh, lunge at you yet again. Oh boy, that is a twenty-three. Um, it is going to once again do nine points of damage to you. Uh, Same same deal as before, except this time it plunges its hand into your gut and you take one more point of strength damage. After that, shadow number two. Torbjorn, go ahead and make a perception check.
3: Uh, 18.
0: Okay. The thing in front of you Mm -hmm. disappears. Nero, you, still on your hands and knees, having pointed at this thing, all of a sudden, like, you know, kind of looking all around you for, for anything you could use as, as leverage or advantage, trying to make sure that there's nothing around you that's going to hinder you getting up and blasting this thing. You see, out of the shadow cast on the wall in this dim light, all of a sudden just this figure emerge from the shadows, and it immediately attacks you. Uh, that is a 12 against your flat-footed AC, So 10 plus your dexterity, or 10 plus any armor bonuses only.
4: Um,
2: 12.
0: Meets beats. It is going to do 6 damage to you. Its hand, much like I described before, this one sinks into the side of your head. It just, like, grabs you through the face. Um, and you take... Ooh, ouchie, ouch. 3 points of strength damage, sir. Um, so you you were already prone, but now you nearly collapse into the water as your elbows and knees begin shaking underneath you. Um, however, this is the same shadow that you would cast True Strike on. So that at least is a comfort as your body is seemingly desiccated from the inside. Torbjorn, it's your turn. And you know what? Take an extra action because I put you out of order. God damn it. Oh no. Yeah, and you hear you hear uh, Nero's like Aah! behind you as this thing like sinks its hand in, so you immediately turn around and see it as well. So uh, you may take two attacks yeah. rather than one. Okay. Um uh 17, um,
3: 16 on the other. One. Both hit. 24.
0: 24 damage. Yes. It's leaves through the middle of this thing uh, and splashes down into the water as you just hear a <gasps> and it dissolves into black dust. With that said, Nero, it is not only your turn, but make a perception check.
2: Okay. That one.
0: Alright, you are relieved <laughs> that this thing is gone. What do you do next?
2: I mean, I'm assuming I can't see the other one.
0: Uh, No, no, it is up and around the stairwell.
2: Okay. Um, Nero will cast Mirror Image.
0: Okay, that brings it back to Humana's turn.
1: Okay, wanting to get this thing away from her, Uh, we're going after an Eldritch Blast.
0: Hell yeah. 21.
1: 21
0: to hit, that hits.
1: One... Damage.
0: Hey, you know what? It's a damage. So you hold out your hand, and you try calling forth the the power of your mysterious, fiery patron. Um, and it's almost as if uh, your patron has gone silent for a minute after the force it took to kind of drive that shadowy hand out of your body. Uh, so you go to cast this big, fiery Eldritch Blast, and you get kind of a... <laughs> Uh, That shoots some sparks forward and kind of, you know, singes it a little bit, but doesn't seem to harm it much at all. Uh, After that, the shadow. That one misses.
1: But you skipped Chuck.
0: You're correct, Chuck. (laughs) Roll it. I don't know why. I think it was because they were... Oh no, it was you got a higher initiative, but the shadows and Himena went first because they were already up. It was just between you and yeah. Nero who got the highest. That's why I keep doing the shadows first. Some bitch. Well regardless, I guess. Go ahead and go ahead and take your turn. Roll a perception check, first of all. Mm-hmm.
3: Twenty-one.
0: With a 21, your battle instinct's active. You glance out of the corner of your eye off down the tunnel standing about 50 or so feet away from you. You see a hooded, a, a small but stocky hooded figure off in the shadows. What do you do?
3: Probably yeah. like who, is, who goes there?
0: The figure takes a five foot step back and doesn't reply. What do you do?
3: Run over there.
0: Alright. So I'm gonna
3: run over towards the guy with my axe.
0: With your dark sight you can see that he's about four or so inches taller than you. Uh so he's almost five feet tall. Um But you can definitely see he is also of stockier build. Um, He has a deep crimson cloak pulled around him um, with the hood pulled low. Um, Even underneath the hood, uh, you can see the fabric of a black silk mask. Um, And in one hand, he is holding a... uh, Like, it looks just like a, a silvery skull on a pendant. And then in his other hand, he is holding a wand. Which, now that your turn is over, he is going to use. Go ahead and make a constitution saving throw, Chuck. 19,
3: just kidding, 19.
0: Okay, I believe that does it. So, you take five damage, and what happens is he basically points the wand at the ground... Um, says a small command word in Draconic, and a wave of lightning with kind of a crack of thunder that nearly deafens you all down the tunnel there um, explodes outward in about a 15-foot radius from his body. Um, You feel some of it course through you. After that comes Nero. Okay. Um, And you, you, you saw Torbjorn, like, randomly yell about, like, Who's there?! and then go take off down the hall and now you heard like this crack of thunder and saw a blast of lightning
2: so thinking Torbjorn is like, in literal danger Nero is going to hobble forward <laughs> okay bring his hand down and then raise it and a, a very a person-sized stone hand rises out of the water in, in front of the assailant oh shit Alright, alright, I can dig it Nero, Nero casts Maximilian's Earthen Grasp
0: Holy shit, okay, what do I have to do?
2: Target must make a strength saving throw
0: Okay DC 13 <laughs> Um, Hold on, I don't think he made it He 100% did not uh, So what happens to him?
2: So the hand grabs him Oh, fuck. The target must make a strength save. On a failed save, the target takes 2d6 bludgeoning damage and is restrained for the spell's duration.
0: Oh, shit. What's the duration on it?
2: It's concentration up to one minute.
0: All right, so go ahead and roll your damage, and he is firmly held.
3: So, six bludgeoning.
0: Six bludgeoning. All right, excellent. Uh It is going to cycle back to Humana's turn.
1: Well, let's try that... Uh... Eldritch Blast again, shall we?
0: Go right ahead.
1: 24 to
0: hit. Jesus, yeah, that hits.
1: Ten damage.
0: Hell yes. You extend your hand and just absolutely fucking blast this fucking thing out of existence. A jet of Eldritch Flame shoots out of your hand and basically just flamethrowers this thing. You hear it spectral <sighs> as it gets just vaporized. Arcturus immediately starts uh, stirring and kind of pulling himself up off the ground. Kalida, however, is not moving. What do you do?
1: I am going to ask Arcturus what he thinks is wrong, why she's not getting up, in a completely panicked manner. And then... Because she knows that she is uh, in some trouble health-wise, she's going to pull out a Potion of Healing and take that.
0: Okay. Uh, Normally that's a regular action, but considering you yourself are kind of out of combat at the moment, I'll I'll go ahead and let you do that. Uh, So go ahead and roll for whatever it is to heal yourself up. Um, Arcturus is still kind of like... Froggily pushing himself up the up off the floor, and he's just going to like look up at you. You can see like the that kind of reddish glow starting to come back into his
4: eyes, um, and he just says, "I do not know, but they will pay." After that is Torbjorn.
3: I am going to uh, move up right in front of this wand wheel
2: uh. Zombie.
3: Weirdo. Uh. Zombie. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit him with my, my magical grain axe. I'm gonna take a, a hefty swing and. Oh, I don't know. 14 hit?
0: Let me look at his dex bonus. Yes, a 14 hits. He is flat-footed because uh, Lord Nero has him held in his big earthy fist. Also, can I say how cool it is that you just, you know, kind of like teleport, and we're just like, oh oh, my goodness, oh, what do I do, Rick? Um, and you know, it duplicated yourself out of like, you know, this this premature, uh, you know, spell pissing your pants, and then all of a sudden turn around, see that there's somebody down the the hall casting lightning bolts and just fucking earthbend. Like, you're like, nope, nope, fucking done with this shit. <laughs>
2: it's just one of those moments like, okay, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, what's your damage, Torbjorn? What is that big, fat damage?
3: Uh, it's gonna be another 12, I <laughs> hold another seven.
0: God damn, all righty. I
3: keep rolling the same damage.
0: Hey, you know what? Okay <laughs> it's 12 damage it's 20, every time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it coming. Um, okay, you dealt your shit, and now it is his turn. Um,
3: your turn to with your
0: shit, bud. Yeah, I'm going to see what he can do. Can they roll an escape artist check uh, to get out, do you think, Oren? They have to
2: roll another strength check.
0: Another strength check. God. And it was DC 19? Oh, no, DC 13. Oh, DC 13, that's right. He, yeah, still didn't make it that first time. This time, however, he does. So, um, your hand doesn't completely collapse or shatter or anything, but he basically just, like, flexes as hard as he can and, like, starts kicking his arms and feet. You can, uh, you standing up close, Torbjorn, can see kind of this reddish aura around him um, that is acting like some kind of shield. It almost looks like the tech armor from Mass Effect, Uh, So you guess that that's probably mage armor. Um, But that kind of pulsates in and out. And then he manages to kind of break free in a few seconds of mad writhing after you hit him with your fucking axe for 12 goddamn damage. Um, You you basically heard his shoulder pop when you did it. like Otherwise, you would have just cut his fucking arm off without mage armor. So he plops down into the water. Um, He's going to take a move action to stand up. And then he is going to take his five foot step back as the bonus action there and once again cast the spell go ahead and roll another um, uh, con saving throw
3: eight
0: <laughs> okay that time not so much eight damage so not that much more than last time uh, a full eight damage and you are thrown back 10 feet. So this time you feel the complete impact of it. Boom, boom. Um, you are just thrown back by this wall of force. You keep your feet uh, very precariously with all this slime and uh, just poopy water running underneath you. Um, but the electricity just zaps the shit out of you. Um, he, he His stance says he's debating on whether he's going to turn and run, or whether he's going to continue to try and fight you guys. Uh, you've been underestimated.
2: So after that... I guess it cycles to Nero. I will have me and I will have Nero's clones and Nero move forward, and he will use the hand to attempt to grab the stranger again.
0: The Clone Wars. All right. Let's check that strength <laughs> saving throw. Uh, that is a 17 on the die. All right. Um, so this time it tries to come out of the ground again, and uh, it seems like he can't fall for the same trick twice, so he kind of dodges out of the way. Uh, punches upwards really hard um, with what you see now is a is a, a slightly mailed hand uh, holding this pendant and just smashes the thumb of your hand off as he dodges out of the way of it. So after that it comes to Ximena. So you can hear a general ruckus and I mean you've heard two deafening thunderclaps just echo down this tunnel and now you're hearing a bunch of like you know splashing and rocks cracking and shit uh, outside. So what do you do?
1: Yeah, she's torn between helping her sister trying to figure out what's going on with her sister and going to help these people who are obviously trying to help them so why wouldn't they get her help but uh, family means everything to her so she's going to stay with Kalita and try and wake Kalita up in any way she can
0: Alright, so between the panic and love for your family um, and also the vision that flashes through your head for a second of your your father and mother's face if you guys came back without their, their favorite daughter let's not sugarcoat it um, you start just trying to wake her up however you can what do you do?
1: Well, I have some really gross smelling water at my disposal so uh, she's getting a face full of it
0: Alright, um, you bend down to flick it on her face and you can see that like her face is, is wan. Like it looks, it looks kind of like her muscles have just deteriorated. Um, and then you think of what those hands did to you while they were, you know, grasping at you. And this thing was inside her body. Arcturus is undead. He's immune to shit like that. Um, but you don't know what the hell has happened to her and she's barely breathing.
1: Uh, probably going to try and ask Arcturus, you went through this. What's going on?
4: I I could feel it grasping at my heart if I had one. It was trying to sap the strength from me. It is It is a creature of death like
0: myself. And he's going to to bend over um, next to you and kind of push you out of the way a little bit, get down and and look at Humana. There
4: is very little strength left in her. She will live, but only with much rest. There is nothing I can do.
1: All right, I'll stay with her. You go help them, I guess, if they need it. Who knows?
5: Greetings and salutations, all ye adventurous and socially distanced denizens of the kingdom. It is I, yet again, your master of games.
0: I know I already talked at you in the beginning, so I'll try to make this quick. Uh, First, thank you, as always, for listening. This show is still getting off the ground and recording remotely over Discord on limited budget can be challenging in terms of audio quality, so your listenership means so much to us. Second, You may have noticed the absence of our dear Nico McElbracken and Edmund Chudwell. Due to being working adults, to whom life circumstances often happen, they have left the cast for now. We are super sad to see them go, especially after so short a run, but life and mental health will always come first for our crew. Uh, For those reasons, Kalita is also on hiatus, just for now. Uh, One of the things we've tried to do, though, ever since our currently suspended D20-somethings podcast is emphasize that much like most of you, we are real, live, working adults, but that doesn't have to stop you as DMs or players from building a great adventure. Mary's absence as Kalita actually gave me an opportunity to roll with a whole new, really cool plot thread uh, that would never have existed otherwise, as you'll see by the end of this episode and story arc. We'd also like to thank TabletopAudio.com. All the background ambience and music you hear during the gaming session is from Tabletop Audio. Tabletop Audio. The site has a huge variety of audio for streaming and download. It's all for free. Uh, If you do use their audio products to enrich your fun, please consider donating or supporting their Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, our Patreon is also a thing. Right now you can look for D20-somethings on Patreon and it will include all the content from Quarantine Quest. There's a ton of cool rewards on there, straight from us to you, including a lot more forthcoming bonus content. Right now, all proceeds made from any Patreon pledges will still be going to the Black Lives Matter movement and related causes. The fight for social justice is still raging on, and every little bit of traction is still important. Change is critical. Get it? It's a, it's a critical hit joke. Coronavirus cases are also spiking once again in the U.S., so please continue to be safe. You take care of the mask for your face, and we'll take care of the fun for your ears. Back to it. Um. After that comes Torbjorn. This this motherfucker's getting agile. He's getting he's getting feisty. What you gonna do?
3: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move. I'm gonna come back closer to him again. Um. Get back up in his business and. Uh, and nope.
0: Just uh, just I got nope.
3: A, I got a natural one so but oh, it's
0: <laughs> okay uh, go ahead and roll to confirm that fumble uh,
3: yeah I got a 4 again
0: <laughs> shit okay so the fumble effect is vibration so uh, your you're poor axe man your poor axe so you yeah. swing it down so fucking hard just like nope I'm done with you go away we got a mission to get on with And um, he dodges back just quickly enough that the full force of your swing collides with the solid rock underneath the water. The vibration shoots up your arms. You drop your axe and take one point of strength damage. Uh, So probably figuring out how best to pick up your axe from the water here uh, in a split second uh, while under attack watch from this guy. uh, It is Nero's turn.
2: So now that Nero has his head on straight. He's first going to randomly drop a net right in here. Okay. As a free action. And then the hand is going to reform clenched into a fist and attempt to grab the guy again. Got him!
0: He is grappled.
2: Oh, sick. Now holding him, he's, the hand will crush it or try to. Okay. That'll be another two bludgeoning damage.
0: All right. Fist him, daddy. So this time you hear him go, (laughs) as the hand starts to crush him. Humana, it's back to you.
1: Um, I will move down here so that I'm between whatever's happening over here and, uh, my sister. Okay. currently can't defend herself in any way.
0: Okay, so you see, I don't know why, why am I moving around a Nero? Stop it. One of the four Neros. Also, how long does that last, the illusory double?
2: Oh, one minute as well.
0: One minute. Okay, so it's about halfway through. Um, so, Ximena, you moved uh, to stand between them and your sister, and you can now see, um, held up above Torbjorn's head, you can see him past Nero, or the multiple Neros now, um, held up, suspended in the air, is this strange crimson-cloaked and masked figure. Um, his The hood of his cloak is now thrown back, and you can see a long set of graying black uh, braids running out from underneath it, and... Um, and uh, yeah, he's being grappled by this earthen hand. Uh, is there anything you want to do, or are you going to just kind of stand guard?
1: Ooh, let's
0: pop off an Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast. 21. 21. That will hit. Go ahead and roll damage on that sweetness. Was the sixth the damage there? I see it, I see it now. That is six damage. So this guy has taken a bit of a beating. Uh, He's definitely starting to show it, Torbjorn. You can hear, like, uh, you can see a little bit of blood dripping from under his cloak, staining it a little bit from the shoulder. You hit the ax. You can hear him breathing heavily. Um, He's struggling, but at this point it's in vain. Um, And I'm gonna roll a d20 for something real quick. So, you fire this Eldritch Blast at him. Ximena hits him square in the fucking face. Um, And while it is, you know, Eldritch Fire and doesn't actually burn most things, um, it does, like, kind of half disintegrate, half blow the mask off this guy's face. Torbjorn, you see the face of a dwarf. You don't recognize him personally, but this is almost affronting by principle. After Ximena... Comes the motherfucker. alright and and you said he does get like strength checks against it every round, or is it just the one?
2: Uh, Oh no, it's essentially every time. Every he has a chance; he can use his action to to do a strength saving throw to try and break free from.
0: Oh, he has to use his action. Okay, son of a bitch. Yeah, he lands, he's just going to be prone, and if he stands from prone right in front of Torbjorn, that's an attack of opportunity. Son of a bitch. Um, I guess it's come to this. So he is going to uh, raise his head kind of up toward the ceiling and just yell, GET OUT HERE
4: AND HELP!
0: So that was Humana's Eldritch Blast, which puts it at Torbjorn's turn. And I may have just fucked myself anyway, because Torbjorn now gets two attacks, because I put the guy on the fucking Shadows Initiative. I'm... Yep. So, Torgorn, whatcha you, what you gonna do? Bad boys, bad boys.
3: Uh, I'm gonna, well, yell at, um, uh, Nero to hold on to him, um, make sure not to let this fucker go. Um, and I'm gonna do, um, swing at him twice. Okay. Um, okay. so, one of my hits, I have, um, uh, uh, twenty-three. Twenty-three. And
0: then my other one, I got a nap one. Oh, son of a bitch! So All right, so you used me. your you used your move action to pick up your axe. Um, okay, I can either give you another or go ahead and roll to confirm the fumble. I guess for the natural one. No,
3: okay, I got an eighteen on that one.
0: Eighteen. Okay, you do not confirm the fumble, uh, so that one will just not hit. Go ahead and roll damage for the twenty-three. Nine. Nine damage. Not too yeah. bad. Uh, so you're having trouble getting around this hand, but you manage to deal another solid blow. You just hit one of his hanging legs. Uh, you hear a crack of bone and assume that he might not be running away if you guys get him down from that hand. And, uh, Oren, it is your turn. What does Lord Nero do?
4: Sir, I am not too pleased that you and your whatever those things were are attacking us. But if you surrender now, I will be merciful.
0: Go ahead and roll an Intimidate check. Oh, boy. (laughs) Or an Intimidation or Persuasion, whichever you would be better at. My wild guess is that it's going
2: to be Persuasion. Yeah, it's definitely Persuasion, but not by much. It's like a plus one versus a minus one. Oh, jeez. 17
0: not bad so uh, you you yell and he keeps he keeps struggling there for a minute he keeps keeps struggling um, and then he kind of starts to go vaguely limp and finally stops fighting and he is
4: going to go ahead and say I I'm sorry I I didn't want to have to do this. It's, uh, look, I, you, you don't have any good business down here. You, you can't have any business good enough to, um, be worth what this costs. So it, I would, I would head back the other direction if I were you. Um, but before you do, look, I've got, I've got this letter. In my cloak, it explains a lot of things. It's it, it it's underneath the the fist. I, look, I'll I'll leave myself at your mercy. Uh, but the letter will explain everything. Just let me leave alive. Where's the letter? It's in my cloak. I'm gonna have the hand move the pinky
2: to let Torbjorn get the letter.
3: I'll reach into his pocket and snatch it out of his pocket. I'll take whatever I can find out of his pockets.
0: All right. So you snatch this letter out of the pocket. Do you open it or bring it to Nero?
3: I'm going to bring it to
0: Nero. All right.
2: Also, Nero wants to add,
4: Also, I would like you to ask your friend to come out. You called for help earlier. I was, I was calling for the shadows.
3: Yeah, right.
4: I'm, I'm guessing you dispatched of both of them already. Yeah, no, Nero's too good of
2: a boy to do sense motive. Um.
0: Okay, I believe you.
2: Torbjorn, can you read that letter? I, just to be safe, I'm going to keep concentrating on this spell. Go ahead and read the letter.
3: Okay. Out loud. Say it. Say it out loud.
4: Say it out loud.
0: Say the words. Um, at this point, also, your illusory doubles are going to go bye-bye. Uh, the the spell has expired between the god that was probably a good six or seven rounds of combat and then the 20 or 30 seconds we've spent talking Um, two things are going to happen simultaneously Torbjorn I need you to roll a constitution save and Kimena, I'm going to need you to roll a wisdom save 15
1: 21.
0: You open the letter, Torbjorn, and as you do, there's this strange odor. Your vision begins to get a little bit hazy, and as you, like, you were already pulling the paper out to start to read it, and as the paper comes out, a puff of white dust follows it. You done got anthrax enveloped. You. Fuck.
3: Kaczynski! <laughs>
0: You begin to fall to the ground, unconscious. Himena, behind you, you hear a voice. And the voice says, I don't think this is a fight you can handle. Maybe consider running the other way.
2: Nero starts crushing the guy.
0: Okay. Um, He's going to roll another strength check. That is a natural 19 on the die. You go to start crushing him, and he makes a wild smash upwards with his, uh, legs. You hear another small crack of bone and a grunt from him as he slams his feet into the wrist of, um, this, this earthen hand. Uh, it breaks it off, and he lands on the ground with a wince and prone, but free. Ximena, what do you do with this voice behind you?
1: Uh, uh, picked on, not that her sister will admit to it, most of her life, so her instant instinct to someone whispering behind her is to turn around.
0: There's no one there.
2: Of course there's not.
0: Roll a perception check.
2: Are we in combat again? Uh,
1: passive perception is
0: 13. Uh, you don't see any evidence of anyone. This voice seems to have gone out of nowhere. Um, At this point, if you want to stop Dwarfy McDwarfington, go ahead and
2: roll initiative. Gave you a shot, man. That'd be an 18
0: plus two, 20. Four. Arcturus rolled a seven. Do I need to roll or am I I unconscious? You are unconscious for two rounds. 1d4 rounds, rolled a two. Um, Nero, you go first.
2: Um the hand is going to try and grab him.
0: Okay. How many times can you cast this spell?
2: Um, it's concentration.
0: Oh so shit. Okay, I can just
2: keep grabbing him.
0: Okay, and it's concentration up one. to
2: 1 minute.
0: Up to 1 minute. Okay, so your your shadow clones expired. Um, so your your hand has as well. So if you want to use the hand, you got to
2: cast it again. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Would you say that Torbjorn is flat on his face?
0: Uh, Torbjorn kind of crumpled sideways, so Torbjorn is laying, like, largely on his side.
2: Like, a little okay. little bit of face in the water, but he's not, like, drowning. So, it's, rel- it's relative to say that Mr. Dwarfy Man is, like, also at the same level as Torb.
0: Uh, Yeah, more or less. I mean, he he kind of fell prone on his hands and knees. Like, you have line of sight to him.
2: Okay. So, seeing the deceit, Nero's like, I gave you a chance! And then points at the net next to his feet and casts Catapult. Holy shit!
0: What does that do?
2: essentially sends the net careening at him.
0: Oh, fuck! Okay. Uh, Does he have a reflex save or anything?
2: he must make a dexterity saving throw um, to my spell save DC. I'm assuming it's not very good. But if he fails, it's 3d8 bludgeoning damage, and because it's a net, he is restrained.
0: Here comes that magic roll. For a beautiful moment, you think that this thing is going to just nail straight over him. Um, and at the very last minute, as, like, one of the balls on the bottom of the net hits, um, hits the side of Torbjorn's helmet passing by, he immediately flattens himself into the water and basically, like, scurries backwards, um, using its buoyancy to aid his movement, and the net lands limply. Like, you hear a knock and kind of a, as a couple of the little metal balls hit him, uh, but the net itself falls limply in the water beside him. Ximena, roll another wisdom save. 13. So, the voice says to you again, Really? Not even your most powerful spellcaster friend can do much about this, and your sister's as good as dead. Why don't you just walk over to your friend and tell him that you've lost. And you can hear, like, vaguely, as if from a distance, you can hear the beeping in your head of your patron screaming at you not to. There's that part of your brain that says, why would I do that? But you do it anyway.
1: Wait, is this being charmed? Because I have advantage against charmed.
0: Oh, okay, roll another, roll one more wisdom save then. One more wisdom save, baby.
1: Not good enough, though. Fuck.
0: That was less than the first one. It was worth a shot. So, you walk over. Oren, as you know, you just threw this net at this guy. You hear footsteps coming up behind you, walking slowly, but purposefully. What do you do?
2: I guess probably concerned would t- would turn around.
0: Okay, you turn around, and Ximena is like in the last steps of walking up to you and with a glazed look in her eyes she looks straight at you and says we lost the battle's over why are you fighting roll a perception check and at this point Torbjorn you are beginning to wake up Um, I will say that you uh, after Nero rolls his perception check are able to take a lunge at the guy if you want to
2: uh, eight for perception.
0: Okay. Um, you hear the sloshing of Torbjorn kind of getting up and moving behind you. Uh, more sloshing, which is probably the other guy standing up. And you look, like, behind Himena, uh, seeing the doorway left unguarded. Uh, but you see that the coast is totally clear back there. Um, Torbjorn, you are now prone to... Um, but have a turn. Uh, This guy has managed to stand up, but has not yet reached a full turn. So he is standing... Like, he managed to scurry back to, like, right there to the side. So, uh, you have one full turn.
3: I'm gonna stand up, pick up my axe.
0: Okay. Since Uh, the axe fell with you, I'll just count that as one move.
3: And I am going to swing at him again okay uh, a, oh, fuck a 10
0: <laughs> fuck um he he like throws up an arm at your axe and the same mage armor thing uh you see like a a red like shield looking apparition or apparition just like pop up around his arm and your axe bounces off of it um even with a 10 perception check, Nira, or sorry, even with an eight perception check, uh, that is enough to all of a sudden hear the the voice of Arcturus just yell, Something's, Something's happening! And then you hear the clang, the loud clang of his sword hitting the wall back in the staircase. not go ahead and, because you chose family over quest go ahead and roll one more Wisdom Saving throw with advantage. Alright, that 17 was good enough. That snaps you out of the Suggestion spell that you were under. Now, acting in the initiative order that we already had, uh, Torbjorn, go ahead and roll your initiative real quick, since you didn't have one. Everything got kind of fucky here. 15. Okay, so Nero... You go first, hearing this from down the staircase. What do you do?
2: Humana? You go help your brother. I'm going to deal with this one. Also, are you lucid? Are you fine? This fight doesn't seem over.
0: Are you are you gonna stop to talk, Humana? or are you like literally just sprinting for the doorway? Like what are you doing?
1: She is sprinting for the doorway. If that is what woke her up, that is
2: where she is headed. Okay, so you
0: you turn around to say the second thing to her, Nero, and she is already sprinting for the doorway. She doesn't even hear you.
2: Okay, and then with purpose, Nero is going to start walking towards this person. Okay. Pointing a finger, casting True Strike. Don't move. I mean it this time. I don't want to hurt you.
0: What's Torbjorn going to do?
3: I'm oh gonna swing at him with my axe again. Okay, there we go. Twenty-one.
0: Yeah, that hits.
3: Give me some damage. Oh yes, a seven, a fifteen.
0: Fifteen, 15. damage. Um,
3: Fucking mad.
0: you swing Don't. this axe like how do you how do you cripple him? Like he is going down. Uh, he, is, he is going to be, like, at unconscious. He's not dead, but he is going to be unconscious and beginning to bleed. How do you take him out?
3: Just completely slashed right across his body Ooh. into, like, a diagonal... Right across the gut, so his guts fall out.
0: Oh my god. So this guy is partially disemboweled and falls backwards into the sewer water. Like if bleeding out doesn't kill him, sepsis sure as fuck is going to. So after that comes Arcturus. So more noise is going to come from the stairwell. At this time, you guys just hear a short pained yelp just a small <sighs> and then you hear the voice of Arcturus once again this time with more than a tinge of panic in it and you're going to hear him yell
4: hurry they've got kalida
0: Thank you for listening to Quarantine Quest, City of Towers. The cast of Quarantine Quest is Oren Brown, Kara Schmidt, Chuck Welker, and Mary Emmert. Game Mastery and Additional Voice Acting by Dustin Sipes. Background Music and Ambience by Tabletop Audio. Original Intro and Outro Music by Jay Karsten Neal. Find more of his music under the title King Zebra on SoundCloud. Quarantine Quest is a production of Too Many Worlds Podcast Network. The Eberron campaign setting was created by Keith Baker, and all Eberron content, including the Forgotten Forge adventure path, is property of Wizards of the Coast. Thank you for listening, and as always, may all your adventures be epic, and none of your treasure chests be mimics.